Welcome to Coffee and Converse. I'm Diane and this is a show for lifestyle entrepreneurs, those people building a business to support their life instead of living to build a business. If this is you, stick around for strategies on doing business more efficiently with more ease and in a way that feels oh so good to you. Hey, today's guest, Zoe Pollard, is a pro at my favorite type of marketing. Relationship marketing is high-value, person-to-person strategy that feels a little overwhelming sometimes because it feels like more work than waiting on clicks on an ad or an Instagram bio link. So I'm excited to nerd out on this topic and for Zoe to make it feel a little more manageable for you. Hey, Zoe, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So let's kick off with a little about your business journey. Well, essentially, when I started my business, I started doing social media strategy. I came from straight out of London. And before that, basically, I fresh out of uni. Like I graduated, went straight to work in a digital marketing agency and did not like it. (laughs) Agency life was not for me. Let's just say that. So I kind of wanted to start my own thing, knew a lot about social media and marketing and all of this jazz and sort of went down this path of doing Instagram strategy and Pinterest and all that. And then I was like, I really liked doing influencer marketing at the agency I was at because I was really known for that. I became like the go-to person in the agency. Like when I first started, like influencers wasn't really like a word people were using and YouTubers were just starting to become like this big thing. So in the world of online business, I was like, okay, how can I do influencers for the the type of people that I've now met being in like Facebook groups and having social media strategy clients in this world of online business. And affiliate programs were really the answer. It was kind of like a meeting in the middle of selling digital products and online courses and working with influencers, but in kind of a different way from this typical pay someone for a sponsored post or pay someone for a sponsored, you know, Instagram, and hopefully someone will purchase. It's like, no, give someone an affiliate link, they can share it. And if people buy, then that person receives a reward. And that was really like the step into affiliate marketing. And then it kind of just snowballed. Like the more I started reaching out to people as an affiliate manager, the more people were like, hey, I didn't know this was a thing. Somebody did. I want that as well. (laughs) So then I just ended up like working for lots of people in the online business space as their affiliate go-to affiliate person. And now I kind of have stepped away from doing the ongoing management and more into the education side of things. So like teaching people how to set up their own affiliate programs, client referral programs, and just in general, how to create experiences that are worthy of referral by other people. So let's take a step back in case anyone's listening and they're like, I kind of get it. (laughs) When we say affiliate, referral, JV, collaboration, Mm-hmm. What are what do you see as the differences between those types of relationship marketing? Just so everyone's really clear when you're using the terminology. Oh, definitely. So affiliates, I think the main differentiator for me is that there's a heavy tech side to it. So there's definitely an affiliate link involved somewhere there. And if, and if I'll explain an affiliate link, essentially, like if somebody clicks this unique link, they get cookied in their browser. And then when they've made a purchase, the tracking system is like, hey, they made a purchase, you get this commission. So affiliates is this more tech heavy side. Referrals is really just this word of mouth. It's not as trackable, but essentially you can you can incentivize it. But yeah, it's mainly word of mouth. 
JVs, JV webinars specifically is where I have the most experience, is where you will get on a workshop between two people. One person will host, the other person will promote it to their audience only. And then any sales get usually split about 50-50. And it's it's very similar to affiliate an affiliate program in terms of that you get the link and you get the commissions. And there is a lot of tech involved in JV webinars, but it's more of like a one-off thing. Whereas affiliates, you can have evergreen products, launch affiliates, and yeah, all kinds of things. So hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's a really succinct kind of overview for it. I think I always really associate affiliates with kind of courses, digital products, that sort of side of things, and referrals, I guess, more with really high ticket, where that person's almost acting as a salesperson for you when they're making that introduction. They're exchanging their know, like, and trust, I think. So I think that's a really good summary of it. I find when I talk to people about this, everybody tells me all the reasons that it's hard. (laughs) You know, like it's a lot of work. (laughs) It's only one person. I have to people a whole lot. I don't have a big network, all of these sorts of things. How do we reframe that? Like, why should we do relationship marketing rather than Facebook ads and posting on social media five times a day? Yeah. Oh my God. That's such a good question. And I just, I just want to say about how you said the hesitation of like, oh, but I have to people a lot because I'm an introvert. Like I went from being you know, quote unquote, you know, an introvert with social anxiety, which I still am to being this like people, like people are my job. And like, I had a bit of a realization recently of like, am I a people person? Like, dare I say it? (laughs) Am I an extroverted introvert? I don't know. But I think it is like, it's not, it's not as draining as it may sound. Sometimes it can literally just be like a simple DM with somebody. It doesn't have to be like booking calls all day, every day could be like some emails it could be voice notes to each other like it doesn't have to be this big draining thing I think one thing for me is that it isn't this thing where you have to feel like you have to be consistent with it all the time for me like doing the kind of daily draining marketing of posting on Instagram of being in Facebook groups like there is a lot of that sort of pressure to it and you feel like if you don't show up one day like the world's going to explode whilst with relationship building I mean I think we all have those friends right where you speak to them maybe like once a year and it feels like only yesterday that you last spoke to them and when you do relationship building in business really well like it does just feel like that like you have people you've known over the years and they crop up and you crop up when it's relevant, but you don't feel like, oh, I have to constantly be messaging them or I have to constantly be, you know, like watering the plant. And if you do see it that way in terms of marketing, like being on Instagram and I don't know, like having a podcast, for example, like you have to water that plant quite a lot. But with relationships, it's, you know, they're kind of like cacti. You just like (laughs) water them a little bit and, and they'll kind of go off and do their thing. And, you know, obviously the more the more you you tend to that relationship, kind of the better, but it's not an essential thing. And yeah, word of mouth is just like the most reliable and probably like oldest marketing technique. It's not going anywhere. It's not platform specific. It's so diverse. And yeah, I'm obviously a big fan of relationship building. 
For sure. I mean, when you move to a new town, you ask, like, where's the best coffee? You're not on Instagram scrolling coffee shops in your town. You're naturally asking for that. And I think we forget that in a business Mm -hmm. context. We forget that as humans, we are designed to make connections and it doesn't have to be the super low touch way of connecting with each other. I also wonder if given everything that's happened in 2020 and now in 2021, are we also looking at people wanting more of that connection Yeah, definitely. And I think there is that kind of like inner circle feeling of like, you know, you have your circle of people that you trust and that will slowly expand out with referrals and kind of going outside of that is a bit of like a step outside of your comfort zone. And I think, you know, we've had enough of that. So yeah, it's, it is, it is a very timely kind of I don't really want to use the word strategy because it doesn't even feel like that. It feels like a no-brainer to me that you you make relationships in your business, like even with your customers, like as people buy your thing or work with you, like you're building a relationship with them. So it's like an integral part of your business, whether you like it or not, like it is happening and you have relationships with all kinds of people, like people you collaborate with, people who buy things from you, people you buy things from. And there's all sorts of ways to you know, harness them. But yeah, I mean, like you said, I think we all want a little bit more connection nowadays and kind of leaning into that and uh, and reaching out to more people or seeing who is already underneath your nose, you know, to harness that relationship. I'm going to go back to you saying you don't like to think of it as a strategy, whereas Mm. I'm the complete opposite. I do like to call it a strategy because Mm. I think it makes people think of something that they can systematize. So for me, I'm super extroverted. I I can work a room. I love an event. Very easy for me to jump on a million coffee chats a day and make new friends. But I think for a lot of people, it feels so overwhelming because it feels like something you can't teach. I do like to think of it as a strategy because I feel like it makes it feel doable. And I know that behind your, it should be a natural process, you are actually quite systematic about how you manage this for people and for yourself and teach it. So where do we start? I think the easiest place to start is by, like I said, like looking underneath your nose because you've already made relationships with people like since you started business. So looking at past clients, current clients, past customers, current customers, people you've been in a summit with, people you've been on their podcast or people who you've been in Facebook groups with for ages, people who you've recently had a DM conversation with. There's all these kinds of people that you are connecting with like on a daily basis. And I think just kind of that realization of like, oh, I have people that I can, you know, I can strategize that relationship. And that realization of like, oh, this isn't actually out of reach. It's already happening. Like I've, you've already worked on it, essentially. It's just kind of about that taking the next step. So I think that's really the place to start just that realization of like, I already have all of these relationships that I've spent time on. And the realization of that it isn't this out of reach, big, heavy workload thing. Okay. And so then they have the list of like all the people they know and they're feeling good about this, but now Mm -hmm. they have all of these people that they know and they're feeling (laughs) overwhelmed by all the people that they know. What's the next thing that they do with this list of people Mm -hmm. that they now know they know? Well, that depends on if you're selling a service or if you're selling a product because that kind of branches out into, are you having a client referral program or are you having an affiliate program or do you just want to kind of have collaborations on the fly? But I think the next sort of 
step that I usually recommend is to work out some kind of incentive, some kind of commission or or it doesn't have to be monetary. It could be, you know, a discount of, of your offers or some kind of physical gift that you give to people. Like that works much better with with services. But usually people go down the the money route as an incentive. And so kind of, yeah, having a look at, you know, your overheads of offering a certain service or a product, seeing where you're kind of comfortable and seeing where you would feel incentivized if you were the referral partner or, you know, the other half of the relationship. And then kind of settling on a percentage or a figure, you know, a flat fee maybe for the the specific offering that you're wanting to grow through relationships. So how do you work up to that conversation? So I think there's there's a couple of ways that you can. And I think kind of having that like no expectations vibe when you start this process can really help and like there's so many people that get held off by like wanting to make it perfect or wanting like having that fear of somebody saying no and it's like it's not gonna it's only gonna hold you back just kind of go for it and see what happens in terms of the the way to go about it like I said I think there's two kind of paths depending on what you feel comfortable with there is this one that I call the the power path which is essentially kind of sliding into their dms and being like hey you know i'm here i exist i think you're amazing i think we have the same audience and that's a really important thing to specify that you have a similar audience or you similar you're reaching similar people you know i i think we should do this or let's hop on a call and have that kind of initial conversation and then there's more of what i call the passive path which is kind of you know giving them a follow liking some of their posts maybe commenting maybe joining their newsletter sort of more of a listening than a speaking sort of way of going about it. And then maybe after that, maybe sending them an email being like, hey, I've been in your world for a little bit. And I think there's something that could happen here and some kind of collaboration of some kind. And you can go about it in in those. And obviously, it's that's not the only two ways to do it. But that's sort of the ways I see myself doing it, it over the years. You know, I've gone from being kind of more extroverted than I was and obviously more confident with outreach and pitching to potential collaborations and there's there's levels of of comfort and energy there as well yeah I think a lot of it comes down to like how much of a relationship do you always have with that person Mm -hmm. if I already know the person the power path is very easy for me yeah if somebody is like one of the people who's like on my dream list you better believe that I'll be doing the passive thing for a good six months to make sure they know my name when I mention something else to them one of the mistakes I see with people the first time they do kind of that, oh, I'm launching and I want to do an affiliate. Do you want to be involved? Is you've told me a week before. Oh yeah. That is a big no, no. Do you have an idea of like someone goes, okay, I'm going to launch, let's say in June. When do they start thinking about, hey, this is my affiliate program. This is when I need to do outreach. Yeah. So I always say that you should give your affiliates at least a month before give them the promotional assets and things to promote uh, yeah promotional assets to promote your launch at least a month before your actual launch so that's 30 days out and then I recommend at least 60 days to reach out to people because people are very fickle you have to do a lot of chasing up you have to answer a lot of questions even if you give them everything up front there's still going to be that back and forth then there's them signing up and getting used to being in the program and all of this stuff. So about if you knew you were going to launch in June, then probably around now, giving yourself enough time 
to reach out, people people don't give themselves enough time most of the time. You you do get those emails in your inbox saying, hey, yeah, I'm launching something in like 15 days. And it's like, okay, well, I've already planned out my content for the quarter. And really, you know, putting yourself in the shoes of the person you're reaching out to. And there's a little bit of personalization as well, you know, seeing I've uh, over the years of doing outreach for other people, I've noticed, you know, oh, someone's on maternity leave or someone's, you know, gone traveling. Like, of course, they're not going to be involved in this right now. So you kind of maybe it's a bit more tentative, like when you do reach out, like, hey, you know, I know you're doing this, but like, just to let you know, or, you know, giving not having that like copy and paste email to every single person and kind of just just bearing certain things in mind. I love a template, but there is a, you know, there is a level of personalization to everything. And and one of those things is is the timing and just giving them enough time. <laughs> Cause that is that is a very common mistake. What's the best thing you've ever seen someone do from a promotional standpoint with their affiliate? Yeah. Well, beyond the kind of typical swipe some things i've seen recently that i really like are providing dm copy or you know encouraging people to do dm strategies with their own audience other things i really liked is in i think it was amy porterfield in her recent well i don't know if it was recent now but in a a launch that she did she had this alumni Thing on her sales page you could talk to people who had already been through her course and I don't know if it was specifically affiliates but I uh, basically I'm really wanting to apply that strategy having affiliates on the on the page being able to e- either buy a chat box or via video ask or something like that being able to talk to potential people and kind of work their referral magic I really like that another thing I've seen that Kimmy Kinsey did is she sent out this email that was like I think you should send an email to your list today and it was so direct and the email was in the like the email swipe was actually in the email and you could just copy and paste it and I remember getting it on that day and thinking that I had no plans to promote this I but I also haven't emailed my list this week so it was that kind of direct ask of like I think you should do this here's everything you need just go and do it that actually you know I sent it out and I got a few sales and I was like cool this is great great case study for my toolkit students and yeah that kind of you know giving giving affiliates everything they need in the actual email is so helpful because as much as you want to organize everything and have stuff in Google Drive folders and it's all neat, having it right there in their inbox when they are in the middle of that launch is is really effective. Yeah, I think that is so key. I think when you're in that launch mode or it's in your business, because it's the most important thing to you in that moment, you kind of have this knock-on effect where you assume Mm -hmm. it is also the most important thing in everybody else's life. I think that's an overall sort of umbrella mindset thing of like make it as easy as possible, like literally hand everything on a platter and like, yeah, there is the kind of, well, I've written all my swipe and I've created all my promotional graphics. Like I've made it easy for them. And there's this, you know, almost like resentment when you have a launch and the royal you, when you have a launch and affiliates don't promote and you're like, but I did everything and I I made it easy. And it's like, but you, it was hard to find within this folder and you actually didn't link to affiliate, their affiliate portal in your reminder emails. And it's just these kind of basic things like, I don't want to use the phrase like dumb it down, but I guess like simplify like as much as possible, like 
just lay everything out that that you can like imagine that I guess you're talking to somebody or that you're kind of approaching someone who has no clue about the launch and has not opened any of your affiliate emails for every single email that you send out and every time you you talk to them um not in a patronizing way of course but like you know making it as simple as possible and yeah giving them everything that they need and just go above and beyond and then yeah you're going to get these people being like oh thank you you made this so easy for me and it was like a no-brainer like how could I say no you gave everything gave me everything I need and it wasn't like hard to find or anything like that so we've talked affiliates that's the like high tech launch mm. kind of push style but actually collaborations and referrals can just be as simple as conversations right mm-hmm. definitely yeah and so I think sometimes we forget that we are just talking to people so we said okay look right under your nose where do they then go look for more how do they grow that network for the next time or when they're ready to expand without feeling like they're just like scattergunning on Instagram to everyone. Yeah. So one thing I really like suggesting is actually looking at podcasts. So people who host podcasts, but also guests that have been on those podcasts. So, you know, if you've been on a podcast and you've probably been on there because you know that your audience are listening, having a look at the other people that have been on there, because obviously if you've been on there, the host knows you, right? But the other people, and you have that like, you have that kind of not way in, but kind of like a, a conversation starter of like, oh, I was also on this podcast. Like, isn't the host great? Blah, blah, blah. Like we talked about this. I heard, I listened to your episode and I think there's some kind of opportunity for us to collaborate or we have like sounds like we have similar audiences let's hop on a call or you know just continue the conversation via email so that's something I like to suggest another thing that's kind of similar is summits like if you're in a summit sort of you know it's sort of the idea of like you're standing in line with people and you're just looking like to your left and your right and being like oh okay yeah we're here as well sort of visualizing it in a physical sense of that if you all went to the same conference you would look around the room and see you know other people doing their thing so yeah podcast virtual summits are quite a good place to start but then yeah you can do a bit of you know researching on Instagram one of the things I like to suggest is clicking that button of drop down it drops down and shows recommended profiles so if you find someone or you have someone who's a good referral partner already or someone you have in mind you can usually click that button and it shows you other people who are kind of relevant and you do get some like family and friends and you're like what you doing there I'm trying to look for affiliate partners uh, because the algorithm is like follow your friends follow your uncle but yeah I think Instagram can be good but it also can just be this huge like rabbit hole of trying to find people who and you're like oh okay this person looks good and then it's like well they bought all their followers but yeah summits podcasts Instagram and so for me, I, I would say like my main relationship builder used to be events, but having had that stripped away to try and find consistently new ways to do this online has been challenging. So it's mm. so fun to hear these unusual and different ways to think about things. So I know you said things like thinking about like the DMs and not having to do a bunch of coffee chats and stuff. Are there any kind of other introvert specific or tired extrovert tactics that they can think about that could make this a little more hands-off maybe for them? Yeah. 
Well, I think one thing to point out is that you don't have to do it all in one go. Like if you are thinking long term, you know, I want to book more clients through referrals or I want to sell more of my evergreen product through affiliates. You don't have to batch it all together in one thing. You can just say like you can commit to like I'm going to have one coffee chat call per week with a new person and that will probably, you know, those kinds of things. It's like, it's it's only going to help. Like, it's not going to hurt. It, you're only going to be able to impact more people because you've cast your net out a little bit wider. Or you could say once every two weeks, I'm going to have a coffee chat call. But yeah, like I said, sending, sending like voice notes like Voxer or Instagram DM voice messages can always be a little bit more introvert friendly and definitely more energy friendly because you can just do it on the sofa or whilst you're out walking or whatever. Email is always a good option and it's it is manageable. Like I said, you don't have to email like 50 people in one day and then manage all those responses. But I always when when I was doing outreach for clients, I would always just do like 10 on a Monday morning. And then on the Friday, if they hadn't replied, I would chase up. And then the next Monday, I would check responses and reach out to 10 more. And that felt really manageable. Yeah, I guess it kind of becomes like a routine. So you become used to doing it. So it's not as overwhelming as well. You don't have that like fear jolt. It's just like, hey, it's Monday morning. Who am I emailing? Yeah. And I think I think there is that kind of, I mean, coming from someone who like, I literally was terrified to get on a a video call with another business owner for the first like six or eight months of starting my business like I would always book calls with people and then on the day be like oh I can't (laughs) I'm ill and then just like you know chicken out and then I think I just was like you know what I'm just gonna get over myself and just do it because I know it's gonna be helpful and I did do like a batch essentially like a month of like every week I had like four or five calls and And that only, like, it had a huge impact on my business because I was out there making connections, you know, leaving impressions on people. And then I was like at the forefront of their minds when it came to recommendations and referrals. But you don't have to go that big with it. And I think as with literally anything in life or with business, like, it just takes practice. Like, once you've done something like that once like yeah it does feel feel really scary to hit send the first time on an outreach pitch or to book a coffee chat call with someone like it does feel scary but then once you've done it enough times it's like okay it just feels like a part of you know like routine or like a part of a system if you want to see it that way so yeah it's practice practice makes better so many gems in this episode. So to finish up, I always like to ask my guests two questions. First up, what is your number one lifestyle boundary for your business? I think for me, it's it's got to be in relation to flexibility. When I started my business and when I was working at that digital marketing agency, I had developed this social anxiety and these migraines. I had migraines all the time. I always just was like taking a lot of sick days and people were starting to notice and all of this. And when I started my business, a main driver was like, I want to be able to take days off and not feel bad for it. And I think that has always kind of like rung true throughout my business, you know, being able to rest without worrying. And obviously, like, you know, I'm a business owner, so I'm going to rest and kind of feel like, oh, maybe I should be doing work. But I know that the only pressure anyone is putting on me is me. Like, it's just my own pressure. But that's like a really big boundary, I guess, like knowing, like not 
committing to something where I know that I won't be able to have those days or won't be able to just take time to kind of have my have my off days or you know like feeling down over over the winter just having that little bit of flexibility to let myself like breathe a little bit yeah duvet days yes so it's the reason to not be in corporate I would only ever have one day off at a time I would always feel like really guilty that I was taking a day off because it was just so much pressure upon you and I just like never wanted that again just kind of let myself be like you know what I deserve to and I, I'm a hard worker so like there will be times when I feel unwell but I'm at home and I still take things slow and I'll still work, but I'm not, you know, there's no hustle to it. And it's like, I have the freedom to be like, you know what, that's enough. I need to just sit in a dark room. Okay. Last question. What is the worst piece of cookie cutter advice you've got as a lifestyle entrepreneur? Well, yeah, when I first started um, doing online courses, I remember going into this webinar and like the host was talking about like, who's creating a course and you know what are you doing and I put in there you know I'm creating a course on influencer marketing which was my first online course which I spent two months working on like non-stop like all hours of the night and yeah essentially I was like this is it this is the price and they just took one look at it and was like nope it needs to be this price and I was like okay you know sure you know what you're doing you're the expert and I just priced it at this you know if I launched it now, maybe I would have it at that price because I'm quite established. But then I was only in business for like six months. I didn't have an audience and it was just like, it just didn't work. I didn't make any sales of it. And it just was looking back. I'm like, why did I listen to them about that when they had no idea who I was? They had no idea what my audience looked like just for them to kind of like pull a price out of the air and essentially that kind of like, you know, the kind of thought of like undervaluing yourself or charge what you're worth when they didn't know anything about me or my offer or my audience, when I could have priced it a lot lower as originally planned and like maybe I would have had some more sales of it, but I made it a price that was very inaccessible. So yeah, that's kind of the worst piece of advice I've received in my business. Yeah. And then wonder why you get on a call and you're almost like vomiting when you have to say this number to someone. Gosh, it's such a bad one. Such a bad one. And I think, like you said, there is such a, you know, there's such a worry of like pricing it right. And I think the more I, you would think the more I've been in business, the more I would charge. But I've, it's, especially with my products, it's kind of gone the opposite. When I launch something new, I do just, I'm like, you know what? It's not about the price. It's not about making money. It's right now, it's about serving people. And I want to get as many people in there as possible. And then I'll gradually, incrementally um, increase the price if it's helping people and it is worth this amount. But I think, yeah, I have a lot of views on the sort of charge what you're worth mentality because essentially I don't I don't put my self-worth in a figure and or into your product. Well, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think that was that was kind of like a, a bit of a learning lesson for me. Yeah. I think it's one that everybody goes through. Some people I think haven't learned it yet. I think no. some people <laughs> you know, eventually I feel like we're in a like the tech bubble, except we're in the entrepreneurial pricing bubble. Mm. Because when I talk to my friends who aren't in the entrepreneurial space about prices of things in the entrepreneurial space, they just look at me like I have grown yeah. horns. Yeah. 
where can people kind of carry on this conversation with you, find out more about you? What's the best place? So definitely Instagram in terms of sending me a DM. I'm on Instagram at Zoe Linda with an underscore at the end. I'd love to chat with you. But also this time next week on the 7th of April, I'm hosting what I'm calling the Magical Meetup. And essentially, it's like a really good opportunity to find and network with potential referral partners. So you can meet lots of other amazing, magical online business owners, connect with them outside of the event and plan potential, you know, collaborations with them. Maybe you can find people who are a really good fit for your audience to refer to them or they can essentially, you know be affiliate partners or referral partners for you and just kind of bring everyone together in one place to make it easy. It's just like a one hour completely free event and you can meet probably meet up to about 10 to 15 people in that time the way I'm planning it out right now. So yeah, you can find the links to that in the show notes. But yeah, that's around this time next week on the 7th of April. Awesome. And is that introvert friendly as well? Is it quick one-on-one type meetings or is it me pitching to a whole group? Oh no, it's 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 group settings, but it's not pitching. You don't have to have anything prepared. I'm going to have conversational prompts provided to you. So you don't have to really say anything. You can just kind of listen and look and let the extroverts do the talking. But yeah, it is, is introvert friendly. You don't even have to have your camera on if you don't want to. So that that's the that's the gist of it. Awesome. That sounds fun. Well, thank you so much for all of these tips today. I can't wait to go and use some of them myself. No worries. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please head to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a review.